to another of our short podcasts focused on the event industry. I'm Martin Blunt. Now, in this episode, we're singing, dancing, possibly even making a little magic together. Today's subject is corporate entertainment. And I'm very pleased to say my guest here is Tracy Jacobs. Tracy from Essential Entertainment, one of the UK's most experienced entertainment agents. Welcome. Thank you. I say experienced. Uh, I, I won't give the game away. It's been a few years, though, you've been doing this. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I say that you and I have known each other and we don't measure it in years anymore, we measure it in decades, people might get the clue that um, you've, been doing, you've been doing it a while. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I have. How did it all start then? Um, how did you decide that a life in corporate entertainment was for you? Well, it didn't start out as corporate entertainment. I walked through the hallowed doors of London management in the late 70s and I became a one-nighter booker which is basically they looked after people like Morecambe and Wise, Little and Large, Leslie Crowther. Some of these names won't mean anything to some of your listeners um, but it was the heyday of light entertainment and I used to book them out on one-night engagements and then I quickly got um, pulled into the a very popular club circuit at the time. Um, and I don't mean club by dancey clubs, I mean by um, cabaret clubs. And I started to book seven nights a week, artists, top of the bills and support acts into venues. One of them is quite famous, Blazers at Windsor, no longer there. Oh, In fact, none of these yeah. venues are, are there anymore. Sadly. Um, yeah. yeah. So... Yes, I was booking people from uh, from the States. We used to book people in from America to come and do seven nights there, book the supports. I can remember booking a very young uh, Michael Barrymore for the princely sum of £250 for the week. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and he would have been supporting all, all kinds of, of people, you know. But th- that was what it was all about in those days. And we had venues all over the country. It was the Golden Garter in Manchester, the Night Out in Birmingham, all sorts of places, booking all of these acts. But that started to decline, unfortunately, and we had to move on to Pastors New. And as that started to decline, the corporate market started to emerge and um, people wanted to have a big name at their corporate event. So that kind of, that the background stood me in good stead because I knew all the artists, managers and agents and I could quickly say, well, you know, Toshiba are having a huge event at the Grosvenor House and they want to have some huge names and I knew exactly where to go to get these people because I've been booking them for years in, in the, the, the club, on the club circuit rather. You, you, you do seem to know everybody in the business I've, I've noticed that about you but I'm just fascinated there so you were there at the birth of corporate entertainment do you know what I guess I was I guess I was it was all very new and very exciting and everybody was trying to outdo each other you know um so and if they just sort of had a little known comic one year Lo and behold, I had Sir Billy Connolly the, the next year, you know, it was, yeah, so, yeah, it was fun, it was exciting, it was all very new. Well, I'm, I'm just making a note here, I'm promoting you now to Entertainment Legend, as you were there at the beginning, so... Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Been there a while. Yeah. So I guess at, the, at that point, because um, I know you worked with a lot of the 60s bands and, and what have yes. you, were you booking all those 60s bands into 
uh, or was it earlier than that? Because it, it strikes me, you know, when I was doing this sort of stuff in the early 80s, mm. I was on stage, we were doing concerts at the radio station with, you know, the Monkeys, Chubby Checker, Drifters, Neil Sedaka, mm. all these lovely people. Mm. And it was all sort of 15, 20 years ago, and that was yes. what was the, 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 the revival. So yes. when you started, it, I mean, clearly you couldn't book the Beatles for a corporate, but there were no. other bands that you could. Yeah, I mean, um, I worked a lot with the Searchers, I worked with the Tremolos, Dave D. Dozy, Beaky McIntyre. Again, all, a lot of these names aren't going to mean anything, but um, they were huge in the 60s and had lots of number ones. And yeah, Herman's Hermits, the Trogs, all of these guys. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was lovely to work with these people. These were bands that I can remember, you know, as, as a child, as a teenager, going out and buying their... 45s um that's a record to those who don't know um and uh, there i was working with these guys and it was very very exciting and yes they they did um some corporates which was but there was still a bit of a club circuit going on um that would do the one-nighters um where it wasn't so much of a, a cabaret thing and people did want to get up and dance so that, that that's where I would book those guys and for private parties you know somebody who was having a, a milestone birthday and absolutely loved uh, Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits wanted to have them and and so you'd, you'd book them for the private circuit and again the charity ball was ch- charity ball circuit was very very big in those days so yeah it was be good to have a named band. Did you notice that some of these very famous bands were better at doing corporate or, you know, the charity ball circuit than others? Do you know what? All they wanted to do was was get the dance floor packed, you know, as they opened the first few bars of a number one hit, just people, it resonated with them. They, they knew where they were when that song was at number one. And I guess as they looked out across the dance floor, they could see the impact it was having on people. I only asked the question because a couple of times when you and I have worked together, mm. sadly no longer with us, but Edwin Starr was a, was always a favourite because oh. although he had three or four hits that everybody loved, yeah. he was a great party band mm. as well. I mean, it was he kind of had he had the famous hits and he was a party band. So I'm just wondering if there were you know, bands like his and, and whether that's continued. Yes, I mean, it has, albeit that he's passed away, but his brother continues the band and they are fantastic. Oh, does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and they go out quite regularly um, for, for corporates. I mean, don't forget the wedding circuit is huge now and people will spend a lot of money on the right band for weddings and for those huge milestone birthdays. Talking of the decades, because I'll maybe ask you what makes a great band and how do you decide mm. who, who you're going to recommend and what have you. Mm. But I, I mentioned that we used to be in the 80s looking back at the 60s and what have you. Mm. And then I guess as we moved into the 90s, the 70s became prevalent. Yeah. Has that continued? I mean, is everybody looking back 15 years or is is there still a, a love of the 60s or a love of another decade? I think there will be a love of the 60s for people that remember that music. Or sometimes I get calls from people say, oh, the company will be 60 years old in such and such. Um, and they want a 60s band. So, But mm. the decade that everybody still seems to be in love with is the 80s. 
for some reason it's 80s music and I suppose because there was such a cross-section of music in that era. Um, I was going to say if you worked out why but I guess it was quite mixed wasn't it? Yeah yeah. Actually I was a disc jockey in the 80s (laughs) am I still bang on trend am I retro? I think you are (laughs) I think you are you need to get out there more and do it. Hello about that although you did actually very kindly ask me to go and do something the other the other month and it was lovely to be back I have to say. I know. Moving on. Yes. How do you decide Actually, that band's coming onto my roster. I'm going to recommend that band. You obviously go and see a lot of entertainment. Yes. What sort of things do you look out for? I look for, obviously, great vocals. I look for an amazing standard of musician. But it's talking to the bands, and I'm not a fan of bands that get put out with loads of depth players in them. I like a band that that's them and you know that when you recommend them to a client and you send their footage, that on the night the client can recognise every single one of them from what I have sold them. There's always going to be the odd occasion where, I don't know, somebody has to pull out for whatever reason. Just for those that are not in the business, a dep is is when somebody goes sick and yeah. somebody else has to play guitar that night yes. or, or, or something. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes you end up with a band full of them, do you? Well, well I don't because I, I won't work with those <laughs> kind of bands. But And the bands that I do work with that do have to, on the odd occasion, dep somebody out, it will be somebody that works with them on a regular basis. It's not just oh who can we pluck out the ether now it's somebody and I'll go oh you know so Joe's not on tonight but Pete is great not a problem I know that he knows the set but the other thing that I am big on is I cannot bear looking at a band where they kind of what I call blend in with the curtains I like them to be animated I like them to you know there's got to be a bit of personality there your front man your front woman they've got to engage with the audience otherwise it's just a bit bland i have to say i have been at events not one where you have provided the entertainment i'll make that clear where the band have set up and the band are introducing each other to each other oh gosh you just hang on and then uh, oh yeah we need a bit of a band check and clearly they're just working out which songs they all know mm. and which key they're going to play them in mm. and and as you say there is music coming out but there's no there's no passion there's no, no. soul there's no razzmatazz no. Uh, when when literally somebody is just put together at the last minute some people to play together and yeah. i've seen it and you're you're quite right and there's just you know they're constantly looking to sing you know when the how the last few bars are going to end when they've got to strike their last note. And it's just, you know, I notice it as, in quotes, a professional, as an agent, but I'm sure, you know, the people at the event can see as well. And also the the other big giveaway is what they're wearing, because nine times out of ten, if you're booking a band, they've all, you know, their, their stage wear is coordinated and the odd bod will turn up in something that he thinks is right, but stands out like a sore thumb. I guess the other thing from an event management point of view is also having a band that listens to what you tell them. Oh, it's all right, mate, I'll go on a bit longer, uh, you know, or you went on a bit longer. Yeah, that was lovely, thank you for that. Unfortunately, we had coaches yes. and all these other things lined up, and and actually, you, you know, tonight I'd quite like you to finish on time well, and try and time your set yeah. accordingly, you know, yeah. and, and there's... And, and sometimes it's, uh, oh, well, we were having fun, so, oh, the coaches can wait. Having that dialogue and a certain amount of professionalism is also quite important, certainly to me yeah. as an event manager. I mean, there's so much that goes into booking a band, which is why I can never quite understand how people can do it online and 
toing and froing backwards and forwards with emails talk to people pick up the phone i want to book a band right then i'm going to ask you a copious amount of questions and we're going to hone it down and we're going to make sure that we've got the best band for your event based on i guess who you've had before what worked what didn't your age group is it couples is it just the delegates from a company what are you trying to achieve? What, la- what language do they speak? Absolutely, <laughs> that, that's so yes. important. Yeah. And, and, you know, is it predominantly male? Or if it is, OK, but you still want live entertainment, then there's, there's so many things that we've got to factor in. Anybody listening who thinks they might give Tracy a call, I have to say she does ask a lot of questions. You're not going to be on the call for, you know, I need a band, send somebody over. It doesn't work like that. You, you've always, whenever we've worked together you've always phoned me up and asked me lots of questions I mean most recently was just for one of my family parties we were having a a party for my for my cousin and even on something just simple like that you asked me lots of questions and you sent you sent somebody along who did exactly what you said they they were a great personality and and made the made the made the event work Mm. yeah because I like I like to get it right and I like to know that you know everybody's had a good time and yeah it's just you've got to ask questions. If you don't ask questions, it can all go horribly wrong. Uh, we've talked a lot about bands. Mm. Entertainment, not always about bands, no. is it? Because the entertainment sometimes starts almost before you get through the door. So um, is that the big thing at the moment? And are there, is yeah. there anything new in well, that way? Everybody always wants the new thing. They do, they do. <laughs> Particularly, do you know, the one area that everybody wants something different and it's, it's quite hard to conjure up, and I use the word conjure because... We all know about close-up magicians. We all know about caricaturists and balloon modellers and mind readers, and they're always looking for the next thing. And it's it's not necessarily there. You know, nobody goes to stage school and says on their first day, I want to create something different to work in reception at, at an event. So you have to be creative with it and you have to... I've never... I've never. Sorry, Trace, I, yeah. I was just going to say, I've never thought about that. Of course, people people don't want to be the entertainer that does the first stint in the in the reception. Everybody wants to be top of the bill, don't yeah. they? Of course, that would be your aspiration if you're an inter- entertainer. Yeah. You don't you you don't come into the career to to play background music, do you? I I I I, I never really thought of no, that. But yeah, that's no. a good point. But I think you know a lot of people go into to the business thinking they're going to do one thing and end up doing another. I mean, for instance, I was working with an organisation and they came up with an idea to put a female troupe of magicians together. Um, And most of these girls were out of drama school, they were dancers, they were singers, and we taught them magic. And they now go out, some of your uh, listeners might know them, They're, they're called Chicks and Tricks. And yeah, so it's unusual, you know, that you go out and you get, you're in your drinks reception and you've got these four lovely young ladies coming around and doing magic. So they didn't, you know, when they went to drama school or whatever, they didn't think that's what they were going to be doing. I've, I know the girls and, and obviously they still dance and sing and do other stuff as well, as you have to in this day and age, because work isn't as plentiful as it used to be. But so going back to your original question... Um, I had to provide the entertainment for an event that the NFL were doing last year at um, this new venue um, by Tottenham Court Road called the Outernet Global. Okay. We put our heads together. Our audience were um, 90% American. And we said, let's give them something different. Let's give them something they may not have seen before. 
So as they were arriving, even outside, we had performers doing something. As they came down the stairs, there were more people doing something. And this sort of worked all the way through the drinks reception while they were having canopies. And then they were asked all to go downstairs and take their seats for dinner. And then all these performers who had been either acrobats or miming or just doing something culminated onto the stage and just produced something rather wonderful. Those sort of things work really well. It's sometimes finding the budget to... I mean, over the years, we've done a couple of bits and pieces. I remember doing something in Paris that you, you assisted with some choreography and what have you. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it means bespoke costumes. It means a rehearsal room yes. the week before. It means somebody's actually going to have to go and sort some music out or, or whatever. The, putting, you're, you're, yes. you're getting into the world of production theatre. And if you've got yes. budget to do it, you can do amazing yes. things. Yeah. absolutely. And it is totally bespoke because nine times out of ten you have to say to somebody what you're asking for doesn't exist we have to put it together for you and I represent a team of people who can do that they're absolute experts and specialists in their field but a lot of it these days if you are looking for something different yeah it has to be put together absolutely I remember we did one together it was at the sporting club down at um, down at Monaco yes and we had we had all this choreography between all the other acts and it, it was all very slick and we people had been in a rehearsal room and we we actually had most of the day were, were tech rehearsals and, mm. um, and dress rehearsals mm. and then we did it and the client was very happy I have to say the client was very mm. happy their parting thing was it was a bit too slick it kind of looked like it's here every night and we've just come to a regular show and I, how can you be too slick I <laughs> it was, I'm, it oh it, yeah it was it was so slick well I, sorry next time i'll try and get people to fall over or something i don't know yeah. but uh, yeah yes. but there we are we're, we're in danger of us sitting here reliving all our, our lovely things that we've done together and uh, if anybody wants us invite us round we'll do a fireside <laughs> chat but um, yes. the other thing sorry, i wanted to sorry. ask you on the pod- <laughs> the other yes. thing i wanted to ask you on the podcast was i've always been very keen to try mm. and you know, i've been able to help a couple of people giving them their first gig or or whatever i ran a charity ball for many years and we used to have the Guildford School of Acting uh, mm. every year come and do a bespoke thing for us, and and they were still at you know in in college, mm. and we gave them the the break for that. Y- you can't rely on people that do it part time down the pub or no. just amateurs all the time. So, how do you balance? And where would you use a professional? And where would you say actually we'll give somebody a give somebody a try? Interesting question, Martin. And just to give you an example, I think that's the only way I can do it. And I. I have to go back to the um, piece we were talking about with 80s bands. I needed a really good 80s band, and I was only given a week's notice for a prime Saturday night. So all the ones that I was was aware of were all booked. So I'm trawling the internet, and this band come up, and I'm going, wow, they are unbelievable. This guy that fronts it is absolutely amazing, Musicians are engaged. Jesus Christ, what are they wearing? There's no way I can stick them at the Hilton on Park Lane. They're capable of doing it. Their musicianship is fantastic. Um, so I approached them and I was very honest with the band. And, and I said, give me, where are you working? What are you doing? And he said, well, we are kind of semi-pro at the moment, albeit I did used to 
front a boy band that had quite a few hits in the Benilux, the Benilux countries. Oh, okay. So I said, well, look, I've, I've got an event. I want to use you, but I can't use you wearing what you're wearing in that promo video. Can we do something about it? And he said, what do you want us to wear? I will go into town. I will get the guys. We will turn up on the stage at the Hilton on Park Lane and we will blow your audience away. And they did. Yeah. Bit of a gamble, but I knew that the vocals and the way that they presented themselves and the personality of this guy out front was amazing. And it worked. And I'm going to give them a plug on this. Go on, then. <laughs> They're called the Wild Boys, and they are, in my opinion, the best 80s covers band in the UK. And, and they, they now tour all over. They're brilliant. So that's that's an example of seeing something that you're sort of three quarters of the way there. You just need to give them a nudge. And, and yeah, that's what I did with them. But yes, it's you. You have to be careful. You have to be really careful. <laughs> well, I guess it's that's where you know people with we started this by talking about experience. That's where experience. I mean, I remember you and I meeting in the middle of a dance floor once. I booked a. You'd done some of the entertainment for this mm. event, mm. Uh, but I'd met a band who, like you, I just went. These people are amazing, so I booked them and um, put them on and then we met in the middle of the dance floor and all you said to me was where did you find these and can I sign them yeah. <laughs> and um, they I think you later ended up booking them to support Elton John did you not so well, uh, yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was that was another um, well, you spotted you spotted it quite early anyway but it, it didn't stop at Elton John it was um end of tour party for Paul McCartney it was um he, he, the, they even did something for the late Queen at, at Buckingham Palace yeah, got to plug the Overtures, best 60s band out there, bar none, in the world ever. Yes. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll stop the recording and then we'll probably talk for another two hours about all the all the gigs that we've done together over the years. But hopefully this will have inspired other people to think a bit more about entertainment and, and it's not just booking a band, anybody will do. And to that end then... Why would you choose an agent, you know, and there are other people, there's yourself and many others mm, doing absolutely. this this role, mm. rather than just go on the internet, fill in a form and say, you know, how much is it? Right, I'll book you. What what uh, what would you, what would you, you know, sell the yeah. agency uh, and, and all agencies, yeah. not just yourself, your colleagues? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say you can buy experience, basically, and it's only going to be an experienced agent and sorry to harp back to this, but an agent that you can talk to that is going to get the very best entertainment for your event. Yes, of course you can go online. Of course you can go and... and but do you really know what you're booking? Do you know the technical side of everything? Can you guarantee that these people are going to turn up on time? That they've got the right equipment? That if they say the PA is supplied is it a full PA or do they still need to bring other bits and bobs and plug it it's oh Martin it's a minefield it's an absolute minefield speak to a professional speak to somebody that knows what they're doing I know many people on the uh, uh, who listen to these podcasts they're they're in different places in the event industry uh, many will you'll be preaching to people that already know this other people will be thinking I'm going to go and uh, get an agent next time I decide that I'm, I'm going to book some entertainment. Mm. Uh, we'll put your entertainment agency website in the narrative of the podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, if you if you go back and look at the detail, you'll find Tracy in there. 
There are many others, of course, and um, probably not as many as there used to be, it has to be said, but there are still a few of you about, which I'm pleased to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for now, thank you, and and thank you for all those decades. And thank you, Martin. I appreciate it. You'll find other podcasts focused on the event industry linked to this one. We're adding to the library all the time, so please pop back and see us soon. I'm Martin Blunt. Thank you for listening. Thank you.